So they can go and then we see the temples full and no. But to do the effort and to go to some place and take two, three days off and not prepare for it means there is some more desire behind, some more effort, no. So in this environment where there is more effort from both sides, those who will come to speak and those who will come to listen, so it creates an atmosphere which is actually very much favorable for, for this type of practice. Also we have the idea that we need just some coming together, as I spoke yesterday, which we didn't have so much, where we can just be together, we can share, in a very open atmosphere. No? We can share doubts, we can share our experiences. No? We are not here now to push any projects. No? We are not here now to achieve any numbers or nothing. No? This you are doing anyway, you are maintaining, you are doing. No? But rather, purpose is to well, go deeper into our understanding of this process and first of all to be able to get to know each other, to connect on a deeper level as we spoke yesterday no, amongst ourselves. No? Because you see Sila Prabhupada when he formed his society, international society, he wrote in the bylaws, no? this mission has the purpose to take Krishna consciousness to the world, to bring Krishna consciousness closer to the world. One point, means to preach. And then he said also it has the purpose to bring those who practice closer to each other. This is a part which we have seen over the years which was very much missing. You see, I came from Berlin, I lived in Berlin several years, so for us we always wanted to preach. We always wanted to bring people somehow. I did Sankirtan daily for some time and out of this effort one man came, no, one woman came to the temple, visited once. And another man came just to the door and then he turned back. <laughs> and this was this was the result of my doing Sankirtan and trying to preach and we were doing publishing this and that and internet at that time. Just people could would not come. Just those who come, we never knew why they come and how they come. So then I went to South America in Mexico already 10 years there. So we started to invite people and then we would have no, 200 people. No? Even we brought up to 700 people in one day for some different programs and activities. So this was the complete opposite. No? And then initiation time will come and there would be almost 60 people for initiation. Next year 50 people will be there. No? And they all well prepared, they know what is Krishna consciousness, they all seem to be practicing and they get initiated. But then after two months, from 60, maybe two or three are left. So then after several years, when I look back, then I saw, okay, what was the result now? and on which level from all these. No? Many people come, many people go. No? And those who are there, no, they are so occupied in attending the people and bringing the people and collecting and maintaining the places that they have no time to get to know each other. Sometimes devotees live five years with each other, they don't know each other. 
They know, okay, his name is like this, her name is like this. He was born maybe this place or that place, no? But really that they know each other, that they have time and attention to sit together, no? to speak about their experience or how to go deeper in the practice of Krishna consciousness. This is very rarely to be found in these places which are busy. So generally we we have always been like very much focused on and it's also necessary to be busy, to be occupied. No? But we have to see on the cost of what? No? When this being busy and occupied and the idea of preaching and no, changing the world no, has the cost that we cannot relate to each other no, on a deeper level in Krishna consciousness. No, or that we cannot, we lose our own practice, no, then it's, it's not the real purpose. One time one devotee said, no, I, want, I went out to save the world and I forgot to save myself. <laughs> then I realized no, that I gave up my practice, I gave up, no, I was harsh in my relationships, I was very much like goal-oriented, no? Goal-oriented but some external goals, goals, no? Our goals not, are not external, our goals are internal. No? If we want to achieve pure love for Krishna, means this is something very internal. And if we see these pictures, you know, of Goloka Vrindavan, Krishna is never alone, devotees are there, so means they have also loving relationships amongst themselves. So how can we think that we are, we are preparing ourselves for this type of life, spiritual life, if we are not one way or another achieving some or developing somehow in this direction where we are now here. No? Because sometimes you know, we may become even so much impersonal in our experience, day by day life, no? <laughs> within the community. No? Even though we read this personalist philosophy, we say, oh, we are personalists, we believe in Krishna, we believe in Bhagavad Gita. No? But our attitude very often remains very impersonal. So to learn about this, you know, to go deeper in our understanding of our relationships, you know, in, in the understanding of what is Krishna consciousness, actually this was the purpose. Why we wanted to, to start this. You know. And also another part also to show to the devotees that you see, we can come together. Technically, Maharaj is from another mission now, from Bhakti Alok Mission, which is, uh, came out from the Vrinda mission as, maybe, I don't know, here many don't know. No? <laughs> here many don't know Bhakti Alok, how this happened and how it manifested. No? But when you see the logo of their mission, you will understand. No, the logo is one Tulasi leaf. No? So you have the Vrinda logo, which is the, no? the, the plant, no? and then you have one leaf, which is the logo of their mission, and Gurudeva gave the name, well, his own name. No? So Maharaj has been working, serving together with Giri Maharaj for many years. No? So then they made this step, and then they formed another mission by the blessings, and by the desire and wish of Gurudeva. No? So technically they are different mission. 
And usually, you know, different missions have their own different interests. <laughs> so, but what we want to show is actually no different interest. Our interest is Krishna. Our interest is Guru and Gosana. Our interests are the Vaishnavas. No? Like same, all of us here, everyone has his own house and he will go to his house after we finish here. No? But still we are here, why? Because we have some common interest. No? So it is very important for us also to show that, that God brothers can preach together, they can be together. No? We have known each other for many years also, so we are not unknown to each other. We have gone through many no? different experiences also together, different challenges also. <coughs> but finally it's about this, no? to show that Krishna is the center, Guru, Guranda, they are the center. Because if we forget this, you know, any type of sectarian understanding is actually, how to say, separatist understanding. And it separates us from the understanding of Krishna consciousness. So in this way, then came up the idea well, to come also to Europe together. Let's see what the future brings. So we have also, actually we have done all this in Spanish. No, we have also a channel in YouTube, which many devotees from different parts are following. But it's in Spanish, so some things we will record also in English. No? <laughs> but anyway, so we are very happy also that all of you came. Mm. Especially now, Bulgaria Yatra is very, uh, let's say, the biggest theatre of Europe now. Mm. And not the only biggest, but also we've seen over the years. Mm. Many devotees who come, they stay, they maintain themselves. And I like this model mm. which you are following here, and I also want to copy this model in some places. <laughs> I hope it will work, you know, but it's not just the place and the model, it's also the people who are there and the spirit which they are, which, which they are maintaining. So, And I find it's a very nice and open spirit and hopefully we can also contribute in one way or other with these days. Talking about different topics, no? And as I said, not only talking, it's not only about the classes, it's also about the questions which someone may have. And it's also about this being together and just sitting together and really talking about what is this all, what does it mean for each and every one of us and sharing in this way. You know? And as we said, no, no any other we have no any other let's say goal or something like this. No? So in this way, yeah, I'm very grateful to all of you who have come here, also my class. I'm coming regularly to Europe, but yeah. I'm anyway coming and going, no? but he made also the way from Argentina, which is quite far in the south. <laughs> no? So, okay, so thank you very much. So we will listen words. From Maharaj, today is also we have we have checked in the Vaishnava calendar. So today is all these days we have only one day today, some specific in the Vaishnava calendar, which is the Panihati festival. So Maharaj expressed his desire to talk about the meaning, no? Chiradoi festival. He will explain now what it is. It's very nice, meaningful, no? and then 
okay, if some questions okay. arise and also we can after that discuss how we will any topics which you want in particular that we discuss these days, no? As we said yesterday, so many things are there which we can discuss in Krishna consciousness, no? Also how to organize, for example in Colombia we did the afternoon class a little bit earlier, then we took prasadam and then after that we would have questions and answers. No? So we can also do something like this, no? But we can discuss this after. So, okay. Jai, Jai. of 
Gaudiya Vedanta Darshan in the form of this second retreat, as Maharaj said, our first experiment, it was an experiment actually, <laughs> was pretty successful by the mercy of Guru and Goranga. So we have the hope that this may, this may be as successful as that one. And success for us, as Maharaj said, is not, it's mainly based in the, in the idea of uh, developing our connection with ourselves and our connection with the ideal we are after. Srila Bhaktivedanta Dev Goswami Maharaj said, we are a means to the ideal. Do you understand? A means, not like a medium to the ideal. That's, that's who we are, who we, will, who, who we try to be. So these type of meetings are some intensive sort of Sangha in order to create that or enhance such a spirit. So, well, Gaudiya Vedanta Darshan, basically, I, I won't go into detail with the meaning of the term. I already done that in Colombia and it took like some hours. So, the idea today is speaking about other topic, but briefly, Gaudiya Vedanta Darshan represents a particular type of approaching reality. Darshan means vision or also philosophy. So ideally a type of philosophy has to provide a particular vision. So we are coming from the Gaudiya Vedanta tradition. So many uh, branches of Vedanta. Ours is Gaudiya Vedanta, a particular approach hmm, to the conclusion of the, of the Veda, to the conclusion of Revelation, coming in the line from Mahaprabhu and his followers. So Gaudiya Vedanta Darshan will mean trying to learn how to appreciate reality from the lens of Sri Chaitanya, Goswamis and Parampara. So learning philosophy, learning how to apply this tattva, this siddhanta, learning how to deal even with relative issues in the, in the context of siddhanta, if you will, and how to move, as we spoke, this is even in our most ordinary moments in life <laughs> with some sort of enlightened perspective. So Gaudiya Vedanta Darshan wants to, um, to embrace all that, not only speaking about Siddhanta philosophy, but also how to apply that, express that in the midst of our daily uh, life, trying to find the extraordinary in the ordinary, if you will. <laughs> And actually concluding, there is no ordinary at all. Everything is extraordinary. So darshan means that, the type of, of eye that will awake according to a particular type of knowledge, divine knowledge that have come to our lives. So today, we will, I, I share to Maharaj my desire to, to express some words connected to a very special celebration that we are uh, Remembering today, it's part of our Panjika. Panjika means uh, calendar, Vaishnava calendar. So it's a very nice aspect of our tradition, this Panjika, this Vaishnava calendar. We should not like over uh, subestimate that, underestimate that. Sometimes we use the Vaishnava calendar only to know where is the moment to eat the pizza and break the Kadasi. But there is much more to the Vaishnava calendar. <laughs> Yesterday we spoke a little bit about the Kadasi. 
and what's really Kadasi and what should be really Duadasi and what should be really Trayodasi and Chaturdasi and every single day of our month actually. And when we pay close attention, all our calendar, Vaishnava calendar is full of celebrations. So the idea is Vaishnava life should be constant celebration. Basically that's what Mahaprabhu has said. Kirtaniya Sadahari. It means basically that. Always Sada Kirtan. Kirtan is celebration. With Hari in the center. So always celebration. So <laughs> Vaishnava calendars comes to show that, no? One appearance days of a great sadhu about Mahotsav of another great soul, descent, divine descent of some avatar, some particular uh, event as the one we are remembering today, and so many beautiful reasons to remain absorbed in, in, in the reality of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. So it's nice at least to, to dedicate some moment of our days when we find, oh, tomorrow is the appearance day of Jagadananda Pandit. I mean, it's not tomorrow, but I'm giving an example. So you may say, I don't know at all who is Jagadananda Pandit, so my life continues. Tomorrow is Jamastami, okay, but Jagadananda Pandit. But we should be thinking of the opposite. I don't know who is Jagadananda Pandit, I should know. If he's there in that calendar, if my Gurudev and the Parampara consider, you should pay close attention to this moment. I should spend at least some minutes of my day <laughs> to, to get a glimpse about the life of these saintly people. Because actually, they are showing us our own uh, prospect, who we can become, who we should become, the type of love we are after. So, today we will touch on a very... <laughs> today we will touch on a very special, specific pastime, Lila, in the context of Mahaprabhu's pastimes. As Mahara said, the Chitadahi Mahotsap, performed at the place of Panihati, a very uh, beautiful village in Bengal. So, of course, we will give some context to that. <laughs> uh, one of the main uh, let's say, actors hmm, of the drama <laughs> is Raghunath Das Goswami. So who is Raghunath Das Goswami? I have to share some words about him. Uh, he's one, of course, of the main Goswamis, the six Goswamis of Vrindavan. And he's known as the Prajodhan Tattva Charya. It is said that each one of the six Goswamis were specially empowered by Mahaprabhu to represent a particular teaching, a particular aspect of what Mahaprabhu wanted to give to the world. As, as we always say, Mahaprabhu was like a golden volcano of divine love, erupting in ecstasy, and, and with its lava consuming all in the way, on the way. So very like overwhelming figure. <laughs> so how to approach no? an erupting volcano? It's like oh my. <laughs> so it is said that through the Goswamis, Mahaprabhu, his teaching, uh, his inner sentiments became available to all of us. Sometimes the, the other example is that Mahaprabhu is like a powerful waterfall, like the. Uh, Niagara waterfall. So you see them and it creates some 
Oh, reverence, Samashvarya. It's not that you will be running and I oh, will jump into that. It's your last jumping in life. <laughs> so you became like, oh. But maybe from that waterfall, eventually there is some calm lake at the distance. Oh, there you can go and have a good bath. So this is the same. Mahaprabhu was like an ecstatic waterfall, difficult to approach. But from that powerful descent, the Goswamis made a very beautiful lake through his books and teachings so we could go and bathe, dive deep into that. <clears throat> so we find different functions in the Goswamis. I won't take detail into that. Rupa Goswami was Abhideya Acharya or Bhakti Rasa Acharya. Sanatan Goswami was Sambanda Acharya. And the Acharya of Vaishnava etiquette. And, uh, well, Gopal Bhatta Goswami was mainly the Diksha Guru of the Goswamis, wrote some books about rituals. Jiva Goswami was the Tattvacharya, like the theologian of the whole uh, circle of Goswamis. Raghunath Bhatta Goswami was mainly uh, concerned with cooking, <laughs> very important fact, <laughs> and reciting Bhagavatam in different tunes and singing very beautifully. And Raghunath Das Goswami was on one side the Prayojan Tattvacharya, or the one who personified the goal of our Sampradaya. In this case, mainly connected to Radha Dasyam, to the service to Srimati Radharani. He wrote very beautiful prayers and poems in, in his books, like Milapa, Manjali, and so many others. Also, he was known as uh, uh, like the, the, the one of the six Goswamis that mainly personified renunciation, detachment from the world. I mean, the six of them were, were really powerful in that regard. It is said that the Goswamis uh, slept each night in a different tree, not to become attached to, to that particular place. <laughs> Imagine that. I make sometimes a joke when we make these type of classes. I'm saying that in the first class, so maybe you will take that in consideration. But generally, we make a class. And during day after day of these meetings, everyone will go and sit in the same place. And so you become attached to your own spot. And if I see you, now please, start to change. And you're like, <laughs> not very comfortable. What to say if I say to you, each night, each night sleeping under a different tree? What do you say to you each night sleeping under a tree? What do you say to you each night sleeping under a different room? No, that's, I want my bed, my house, my ivy, my, my, my. <laughs> the Goswamis were known for their renunciation. But actually, as we spoke this day, the renunciation was a byproduct of their devotion. But Raghunath Das Goswami was especially uh, defined as a very extreme renunciate person. But again, in a natural way. That's important point. For him, it was not extreme. It was like, like for us drinking a glass of water. So now we will see some of his <laughs> expressions of detachment that actually speak to us about the expressions of his inner attachment that creates such <laughs> such attitude. So well, the point is that Raghunath Das Goswami, before becoming Raghunath Das Goswami, <coughs> he was actually married and he lived, he came from a very wealthy family. I won't go into the tent to his life, but some points there. Uh, 
But he had the chance of meeting uh, Mahaprabhu at one point. So he was really uh, hunkering to join Mahaprabhu continuously, to leave his house, to leave his whatever. He didn't. He he then he never wanted to marry. But at that time, their parents arranged that. No, I want you to be my. The father said, I want you to continue with my family business. No, their parents behaved as materialist people on certain level for the purpose of the lila. <laughs> they were devotees, but as Bhagavatam say, prakrita bhakta or kanista adhikari, materialistic devotees. It may say like an oxymoron, two terms contradicting each other, but <laughs> something like that. So his parents arranged, no? you may marry and you may continue with the family, business and whatever, but Bhagavatam was not at all inclined towards working, sustaining a family. He was really detached by nature from birth. He was an eternal associate of Mahaprabhu, actually. But well, the point is he was married. On the other side, he met Mahaprabhu, met in the dynamic of the unfolding of the Lila on Earth. And he became totally mad about joining him forever. But his parents said, it's all right that you want to be a devotee, but not such a devotee. <laughs> you can be a devotee and not necessarily be a mad devotee. <laughs> be at home with your family, no? behave properly, work, continue with the family business. Ah, yeah, do your puja there, no? live a sadhguic life, okay, but for the this was not enough. So, so so he's, he tried to escape his house, he went out. <laughs> but his parents realized, oh, our son left here. So they sent, they were very powerful, very rich, so they have a whole bunch of people working with them, guards and all this. So they sent some guards to bring him back to their houses. <laughs> Sorry. So he, he, was, he escaped the house, he was brought back by force. So he was like frustrated. As we spoke the other day, all of the Goswamis mostly found these type of obstacles in their joining, in their final joining Mahaprabhu. Sanatana Goswami was put in jail, try to imagine. <laughs> In, in, some, in other form, Raghunathas Goswami was put in jail as well at home <laughs> because he wanted to go and he and he this time many many times it happened the same. He wanted to escape house, the house and the parents brought him back. He wanted to escape the house, the parents brought him back. No? So they were started to wondering what's going on with our child. No? He's becoming mad. He has beautiful lady like Lakshmi. He has all the wealth of the world. He has all material benefits. Why he wants to run from all that? So at one point. The Raghunath's mother told to Raghunath's father, maybe we should tie Raghunath at home, no? like some sort of, some type of Damodar Lila, tying the mortar at home <laughs> with, with a rope. No? So, so his father saw her and said, I mean, what, what a rope can do to him? I mean, he has already cut, cut the tie of the rope of family, wealth, beautiful wife, all those ropes he has tied. So what kind of a rope itself make to him? 
they were already like accepting he has to go. <laughs> so, so this is a very nice teaching because he he wanted to join Mahaprabhu, but by circumstance he was not able to join Mahaprabhu. And we know at some point in the beginning, Mahaprabhu in their first meeting, Raghunath said to Mahaprabhu. He knew, he met him, I want to remain here, I don't want to return my home. Mahaprabhu said, don't be crazy. No? I mean, this was for example for us actually, not from Raghunath. Say, don't be crazy, don't be, uh, don't precip precipitate, like don't rush, no? Go at home, do your things properly, and when the moment is properly, Krishna will make some arrangement for you to come to join me. So that's very important also, because sometimes we have some type of rushing surrender. You know, we want to leave everything from one day to the other, but we are not Raghunathar no? So We may want to leave everything, but at the second, third day we start to feel like out of balance, realizing, oh, that was, we say yes, the imitation, not real, with real insight. So Mahaprabhu first sent Raghunath, go back home. Don't be crazy. And this instruction he gave to many Goswamis, externally behave at home like if you love everything you have there, but internally develop a bigger and bigger hunger for joining me. And Krishna will make the arrangement. Like putting some filter, some test. Let's see if your hunger is real. Because it's easy to say, oh, I, I hunger this, I want this. Return and cultivate that inside of yourself. Let's see if that's real. <laughs> so here, this example. As a lady is living at her house with, his, with her husband, but actually she has a lover. So in order to hide that no, hidden well, love, she will engage in, in, in her domestic household duties very nicely. So nobody will suspect mm, something is good. They will be so happy, oh you're doing everything so nice. Better as never before. <laughs> but in turn but but internally that lady is only absorbed about when I will meet my beloved my beloved. <laughs> so Mahaprabhu gave this analogy, say you return home and behave like that. Externally, no suspect for anyone. You remain like happy there, but internally, oh, you will be burning with desire. <laughs> so that burning, that desire, will invite Krishna to make the proper arrangement for you to meet, join me at the proper moment. So Raghunath accepted that. He returned home, as we say. But after some time, he was not able to to contain <laughs> to contain his instructions. So he tried to escape many times. <laughs> oh well, actually, that was Krishna's arrangement for him. <laughs> so eventually, if you say that Raghunath heard there will be some uh, festival nearby, he didn't join Mahaprabhu yet. But here, there will be some big festival. Some fix, no, not festival. There will be some, some meeting of Vaishnavas, and Nityananda Prabhu will be there, and some other stalwarts Vaishnavas. So he created some excuse to go there. 
he said, I will go here, but I will return. It's not so far. Someone accompanied him, whatever. So he went there. They were taking him in palanquin with guards and people like with Chamara. No, because he was like very royal person, if you will. But internally, he's most detached. <laughs> so, so when he finally arrived there, this place is called Panihati. So Nityananda Prabhu was there, you know, Nityananda Prabhu is called Abadut. Abadut means someone who behaves uh, in a particular, very particular way. <laughs> Not easy to, to figure it out. So Raghunadas arrives and prays his Dandava pranam to Sri Nityananda at a distance. And some devotees say to, to Nityananda, Nityananda was sitting there with, the, with his Dwadasa Gopals, that is his 12 main associates, that in, in Vrindavan are 12 Gopas, 12 uh, cowherd boys, and in the Gaur Lila they appear as 12 associates of Nityananda. They started the preaching. In, in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, they were the first to go door by door. Before the Goswamis wrote any books, whatever, but before they delineated the philosophy, Sanskrit sophisticated philosophy, before that, Nityananda went with his, with his 12 friends and went door by door, shouting, screaming in an Abaduta like way. You know? And I will sell myself to you, and like this. <laughs> And, and conquering, converting whole villages, no? and their and their companions were also very, very particular in their behavior. Their Gopals, oh, they were gopas, so they had, they sometimes were fighting with crocodiles in the lakes and taking trees and uprooting them. And, and they had very particular style. I'm <laughs> playing in this mood and singing, and that's how the parampara began, basically. <laughs> So Nityananda was there with his twelve hmm, Dwadasa Gopals, Raghunadas Pain, Dandava Pranam. And some of these of this Gopals said to Nityananda, Oh, there came Raghunath. No, Raghunath is such and such person. So they gave some background. And Nityananda starts to shout to Raghunathas Goswami and say, Thief! <laughs> The thief has come. You are a thief. Also, everyone was his white thief. No? So, uh, the point here is why Nityananda was shouting like this to Raghunath, thief, thief, thief. Because he said, You want to join Mahaprabhu? You wanted, you tried many times to join Mahaprabhu without first coming through he, to me. Uh, so if you want to go to Mahaprabhu first, you have to pass through my agency. Because who is Nityananda Prabhu? He represents Akanda Guru Tattva, the principle of the Guru. So if we want to go to Krishna, Gaur Krishna, first we have to go to Balara. Balaram, in, in Braja Lila, there is this very nice like analogy. You, have, you, you find Krishna playing the flute, and you find Balaram, well, he plays a horn, but also he has one important tool, if you will, or whatever. And this is the, how do you call it? The plow. The plow. The plow. So what's the, the symbology of this? No? We, first we have to go through Nityananda, then to Krishna first, through Balaram, then to... Yeah, so, Balaram, plow. Plow means, let's make the field ready for 
sowing the seed. So the guru represents that. Guru will no? first make the soil ready, no? plow it. No? That may take some time. <laughs> no? Put some organic stuff there. <laughs> Lots of transgenics there. <laughs> no? Anarthas are like transgenics in the soul of our heart. <laughs> So, so the Guru will make the soil ready. When the soil is ready, he will put the seed. Guru Krishna Prasad Pai Bhakti Lata Beach. He will put the Bhakti Lata seed. Uh, and when that's eventually that uh, creeper grows and grows, we will pass from Balaram's plow to Krishna's flute. It means we will start to hear the Krishna's flute. We will start, in other words, to feel much more and more attracted towards the calling, the loving call of the Divine. But first we need to make the ground ready. So because of this Nityananda, Balara was saying to Raghunath, you want to run just straight to, to the flute, if you will, but you want to jump over the plow. You cannot get Krishna without Guru, basically. You, because Guru personifies love for Krishna. So you cannot get Krishna without love for Krishna. Because actually we don't want to get Krishna, we want to get love of Krishna. <laughs> so, and wherever there is love for Krishna, there is Krishna. Wherever there is not love for Krishna, there is not Krishna. And Krishna is only present wherever there is love, nowhere else. <laughs> he said that. Tistami Vaikunte Yoginamri Tratistami Narada. Uh, I'm giving some resting to the translators with <laughs> I will quote more Sanskrit verses, not more. <laughs> a longer one. So, so this, this verse says, Krishna says to, to, to Narada Muni, I, I, I I'm not present in Vaikuntha, I'm not present in the heart of the yogis, I'm only there where one or two of my bhaktas join and sing to me with love. That's my only residence. Nowhere else. <laughs> so, well, the point is that Nityananda Prabhu wanted to call Raghunath the thief and say, You are a thief. You acted in an improper, illegal way. So, some chastisement should be, should be there for you. So, wow. No? Great mercy. Imagine, Nityananda Prabhu is going to chastise you. Many parts of the scripture this is described. No? When Nityananda gives some, some sort of kung fu kick to Shivananda Sen in the stomach and starts to, 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 what is it, Maldesi? To curse, to curse all his family. And Shivananda Sen was like, <laughs> having some kung fu exchange with Nityananda Prabhu. That's too much. No? <laughs> <laughs> or whatever you find in Chaitanya Bhagavad, Vrindavan Dastakur also saying this thing, no? whoever doesn't surrender to my Nithai, I will kick that person in their head. And you say, well, this is some sort of punk rock statement. No? Like, but what's the background of that? No? Vrindavan Dastakur is fully surrendered to Nityananda. So if he says, give me your head, I will kick it, Nityananda will immediately appear. Oh, what's my devotee doing? Here I am. So, through that kicking, he is calling Nityananda Prabhu to give mercy to that person. They're very interesting, preaching strategies around story story. So, Nityananda say, I will chastise you. So, 
very, very important this point. Be open to receive chastisement from from Sri Guru, basically. Prabhupada once says, if the Guru uh, caresses, caresses you, or if, or if he slaps you, there's no difference. In both cases, he's giving mercy. Of course, we should understand that's not to be. I, I'm not. Oh, so I will take Prem Kishore and no, just mercy, just mercy. No, I mean in the proper context, <laughs> proper context. <laughs> and once Silasir Maras said also very nicely, he said, "Oh, my Guru Dev has chastised me. It means he considers him, he considers me his property. I'm saved." Is it? If my guru considers me his property, well, I'm, told, I'm already saved. If I chastise you, it means I'm having some confidence towards you for chastising you. I mean, I won't take anyone I know for the first day. Come here, I want to chastise you. I mean, there has to be some close connection. So, if the higher department expresses in that way, we should be very. Siamara said that no, the chastisement that comes from the higher plane is not something ordinary, special mercy. So Nityananda wanted to show special mercy to Raghunadasi, I will chastise you. So what's the chastisement? He said, you'll have to organize a whole festival for all the devotees present here and all the more that will come when they know about the festival. <laughs> Uh, of cheap rice, cheap rice. Yeah, you understand? Called Mingali Chidadahi. So this is a very cheap festive uh, food in one sense, but at the same time, well, coming through the order of Sri Nityananda. So immediately Raghunadas, we know Raghunadas was a very wealthy person. So he had a lots of wealth, but he wants all to put that wealth in the service of Nityananda. So he started to to buy all the ingredients. In Chaitanya Charitamrita, this is described this Antelila chapter six. If you want to go verse by verse, because Krishna, Krishna Das Kaviraj starts to describe uh, even the ingredients of the preparation and how it was preparated and how it was cooked and every every single detail of how the the festivity were, was going on. <coughs> so well, the point is that he he bought quantities and quantities of rice and yogurt and all the necessary ingredients for thousands of people. So immediately the news started to spread. No, Nityananda Prabhu chastised Raghunadas Goswami, and the chastisement is a whole festival. <laughs> so and everyone is invited to honor this chipped rice. So many people start to come from every single place. It is said that they they filled the whole area of Panihati to such a degree that there were not there was no place for for them to stay. So they started to fill the Ganga to enter into the Ganga and participate from the festival inside water, you know, to, to take their seat, water seat. <laughs> so everyone was there because no one wanted to, to lose such a chance. No? So well, it is said that even even in that uh, in that moment, no, that so many people was coming. It is said interestingly that some people started to come and to uh, to put some shops. 
trying to exploit the situation. <laughs> so many people is coming, so not immediately some business can be here. Because Raghunadas brought so many pots and so much yogurt and, and rice and he was distributing to so hundreds and thousands of people but so many more were coming and, and, and he repeated more and more and more and more. So some people say, okay, let's put our shops and, and sell our pots, rice, yogurt. <laughs> so you can imagine in the middle of such a, an, an environment of dedication, someone trying, trying to enter with a spirit of explo exploitation. So what did Raghunath Das Goswami say to say, uh, did to if you will to counteract that influence naturally he went to all the shops and he bought all the ingredients from all the shops and he served those same people who wanted to exploit the festival he served them no? the pots and the fruit no? so you can imagine this he served his disposition no? some exploitation tendency appeared but he was so dedicated that he immediately converted all the influence into some no? divine flow <laughs> So he bought all the shops, he cancelled all the shops, and he started to serve the people who wanted to exploit the, the festival with his, same, with his own hands. <laughs> you can see the very important teachings. No? It's not only oh, how nice the festival, no? that has to, be with, has to do with our own life that should become a festival, actually. <laughs> so it is said that at that moment, Mahaprabhu was not present. It was Nityananda with his associates and so many people. So Nityananda, everyone was sitting in in, in, in lines, rows. So Raghunath Das and some other servants started to serve each one with two different plates, varieties of cheap rice. Nityananda probably was served with seven varieties of pots along with his different associates, six on this side, six on this side, Nityananda in the, in the center. But it is said that the, 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 the environment of the, the, the festivity was so enchanting that Mahaprabhu's presence was invoked at that time. So Mahaprabhu manifested himself, similarly to the famous Ketari Grand Festival, the first Gorpurnim festival, after Mahaprabhu left this world, and Narottam Dastakur and his associates were in such a degree of intensity of kirtan and dedication that at, at one point, no, Gorni Thai manifested in the, in the Kirtan, although they were already they already left the, the planet, but they appeared because they couldn't resist such a <laughs> such a level of Kirtan and love. So in the same way, Mahaprabhu was invoked. Remember, Raghunath wanted to meet Mahaprabhu, <laughs> so he started to appear. So the festival continued. Now everyone uh, ate. This cheap rice as much as they wanted. This term in Bengal is called akanta. Akanta means kanta means you have the kanti mala. Kanta means throat. So akanta means till. Prabhupada would say, you, know, you eat prasam till here and from here up, chant the holy name. Fill yourself with prasad, with mercy. <laughs> so everyone was happy. Ecstatic Kirtan was there. At night, Nityananda Prabhu went to Raghava Pandit's place and continued Kirtan. Because it said that every single day, one more point, uh, Raghava Pandit was a very special devotee of Nityananda. And he would cook at his house for Nityananda, Mahaprabhu. And he will offer to the deities 
We say the deities, but for this, these people, they were not the deities, they were Gorni Tenanda themselves. That's the famous pastime of Gorni Daspan, it shows, no? <laughs> when the two deities go down the, the altar and start to move, and Gorni does say, hey, why are you moving? <laughs> well, long story, this is not for today. <laughs> but for them, there were no deities. It's not the deity of Mahaprabhu, it's Mahaprabhu. For us, it's deity still. And it's okay, we cannot imitate, but we should know, at least in theory, he is Mahaprabhu, 108% there. <laughs> so, Raghava Pandit would offer daily his food to Mahaprabhu Nityananda, but that particular day, Panihati festival, I mean, the, the standard of his offering was he will offer, and he offered with such a degree of devotion that the place will always become empty. I mean, <laughs> that was the standard. You will eat, eat. Okay. No. <laughs> Nothing that the plate is the same. Oh, but they yeah, but they off, they ate. No, no. They they have to empty the plate. They always empty the plate. But that day, the plate was not being emptied. So Raga Pandit, was, what's wrong here? Something must be going on. So he started to find. He sent some WhatsApp here and there, and he found about. <laughs> There is one Panihati festival and Raghunadas Goswami is serving cheap rice to everyone in Tananda. So he understood, oh, because of that they are not coming today to my house. <laughs> That's too intense there, so let's go there. So Raghunadas went there. <laughs> he joined it, and he even when he joined and he was celebrating, he said to Nityananda, you didn't come today. No. What's, what's going on? And then I say, I'm here now. I mean, Raghunath's bhakti is too much. But in the evening, I will go to your house. I will go. I'm, I'm indebted to you, of course. And that, that's how the Lord behaves towards bhakti. He's a slave of the Where devotion is, he has, Krishna has to go there. Mahaprabhu has to go there. So, well, the festival ended. Raghunath does receive the mercy of Nityananda Prabhu. And, and, and the mercy of Mahaprabhu, who manifested in the, in the past time. But I will share some brief more words about what happened after that also. <coughs> Krishna said, Bhagavad Gita is almost impossible to go against one na acquired nature. <laughs> I'll try, I'll try my best. I'll try my best. So, so well, the point is that Raghunath Das Goswami didn't join Mahaprabhu yet fully, but after some attempts here and there, after receiving Nityananda's blessing, easily he was able to finally him join him uh, at Jagannath Puri. So when he arrived to Jagannath Puri, again he paid prostrated obeisances to Mahaprabhu at a distance. Mahaprabhu was informed. He, who he was, Mahaprabhu received him and immediately put him under the care of Swarup Damada. He called Raghunadas Goswami at that point Swaruper Raghu. You are the Raghu of Swarup in a very charming way. From now on, you are the Raghu, like the child, some short Raghunath, Raghu of Swarup Damada. I put you under my, his care. It has a lot of different aesthetic meanings. Raghunath Das Goswami being Prayodhan Tattvacharya especially 
is empowered to speak all Radha Dasyam, Swarup Dhamma being Lalita Saki, so, so many layers of meaning there. But the point is that after time Raghunath Das Goswami expressed his desire to receive some personal instruction from Mahaprabhu. He was able to join Mahaprabhu's uh, group, but he wanted to, to have some personal instruction for him, from him. So Mahaprabhu said, I put you under the care of Sarup Damala. I mean, he knows more than I, he said. <laughs> I mean, that's higher to, for you to be instructed by him, is higher to receive instruction from him. I want to be instructed by him. His last 12 years, he's constantly receiving siksha from Sarup Damala. So, but over time, Raghunath insisted, I want time instruction from you, I want time instruction from you. <laughs> so, okay, Mahaprabhu agreed. So, again, this will be an instruction for us, maybe, not for you. <laughs> because Raghunath Das Goswami, as we say, he's not a, a normal person. <laughs> or actually, we are not a normal person, he's very normal, too normal. <laughs> I mean, it is said that when he arrived to Puri, no, he started to. Uh, his first, he was inviting Mahaprabhu because his family was sending money to him. He, he, they say, okay, you cannot stay at home. Okay, you go to Puri. Okay, but we will use, we will send you lots of money per month so you can maintain yourself, no? <laughs> and you can have servants and cooker. And he said, no, 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 no. But he accepted the money, but with that money he invited Mahaprabhu to have prasad some days a week. But after some time, he stopped that practice, thinking, this money is coming not from, from materialistic people, he said. It's contaminated. I cannot invite my Lord to lunch with that. So he stopped that invitation. Mahaprabhu said, why Raghunath is not inviting me anymore? So they told him, Mahaprabhu said, mm, but he approved his So after some time, uh, Raghunath Das Goswami started to beg for his own maintenance. So that's not easy to do Madhukari. Madhukari means the, the work of a bumblebee. You took something here from one flower, some pollen here, some pollen there. It's not that you go to a whole house and give me one kilo of basmati rice and 300 chapatis for my whole week. No, that's not madhukari. No? I heard some devotees saying like <laughs> they were supposed to do madhukari begging and one say to the other, do you know what? That particular section in Bengal, in that place, they, they give very nice madhukari. <laughs> Better you go there. So that's not madhukari. <laughs> Malakar means I go and depend on the Lord's grace and he wants to give me something, okay? He wants me to fast, okay? <laughs> and at the end of the day, I have some extra stuff, I will give that in charity. So I began my day in zero, totally dependent. <laughs> so Raghunath Das was doing this, but after some time he stopped that practice. Because he considered, when I'm doing Madhukari, my mind is calculating. Oh, that person can be, can, will give me some nice stuff. The other person, the other day, gave me something. The face of that one is not. So I became like a merchant in my mind. I don't like that one. So he stopped with Madhukari. So Mahaprabhu was following at a distance his case. No? <laughs> was very pleased.
So after that, he started to go to a, like those places where they give food to hungry people in society. Like he received food for some time. But after some time, he stopped that practice as well. Again, fame. No, this, this institution is, is promoted by materialistic people again, so I started to go backwards. So what did he do at the end? <laughs> he went to the temple in Jagannathpuri, this one place, <coughs> where the Mahaprasad of Lord Jagannath, who was not sold or distributed at the time, and who got, what, rotten? Rotten? Was thrown for the cows to eat. So Raghunath Das Goswami went there, no, I started to take some grains of rice no, and he washed them, he took the, 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 the peel, whatever, and ate those little grains. So you can imagine that. So they say that Mahaprabhu heard that. Say, wow, that this is too much. <laughs> and he went running there with, I think, maybe Swarup Damodar. No? <laughs> and they say to Mahaprabhu, uh, to Raghunadas Goswami, oh, no? You are you are enjoying such a feast and you are not inviting us. <laughs> so by force they started to take some grain from the hands of Raghunanda and they started to eat themselves. And Raghunanda was no 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 what are you doing? No, no. <laughs> the point is that he felt so low, so he was so humble that he felt this as much as I deserve. But you cannot eat this is for you, no, not for me. <laughs> But such humility attracted Mahaprabhu, and I want that also. <laughs> Actually, he said, I want the bhakti that is taking you to take that, basically. No? So, this to show you a picture of who Raghunathasa Swami was. So, returning to my previous point, he wanted to receive some personal instruction from Mahaprabhu. So, well, after some insisting, Finally, Mahaprabhu calls him. I want to give you some instruction. <laughs> so oh, you may you may start to think, what will Mahaprabhu say to Ramakrishna? <laughs> Mahaprabhu is the topmost expression of divinity, the highest theological uh, reality. Ragna, the Prayojan, Tattacharya, there will be such an esoteric confidential, cryptic message there. <laughs> but how did Mahaprabhu began his instruction? He said, Gramya kata nasunime gramya varta Just for you to rest. <laughs> so that means, Gramya kata nasunime means do not hear, do not gossip. And Gramya Bhartanaka even means do not hear that one. Do not speak gossip, do not uh, hear gossip. So of course, you just start to wonder maybe Ravana that was one was gossiping. <laughs> no way, no way. <laughs> so again, that was not for him. <laughs> So, as Krishna instructed us through Arjuna in the Gita, he's instructing us through Raghunathas Goswami here. But the instruction doesn't finish there. After that, he said, something like that. He said, do not 
dress with fancy clothes. Do not be very absorbed in fashion world. <laughs> as much as one coping. No. So, not very fashion like, no one coping. He was that was his his whole closet. Coping. <laughs> Do not be attached to the fashion. Uh, Elaine closed. Uh, and do not eat fancy food, he said. Do not eat very delicious food. So again, Ravana does the same. That was the first verse. There are two verses. Now we will go to the second and we will finish here. But just to understand, the basics has to be there. I mean, let's go to the second and we'll return to the first. The second verse, he said, basically, he repeats the third shloka of Sikshastakam after that, basically, he says, always chant Sri Harinam in a humble state of mind, lower, humbler than the blood, the grass, and so on. And in your mind, serve Sri Sri Radha Krishna in Braj. So he ended there. <laughs> so in two verses, he started from do not gossip and, and, and render Manasa Seva to Radha Krishna Vrindavan. Very similar to Upadha Samrita, Rupa Goswami is Upadha Samrita. Bachovigam, control the tongue, the pulse of speaking, do not gossip. <laughs> and ending the glories of Radha Kunda. <laughs> in 11 verses, so in a very condensed way he gave. But the point is, okay, we, our goal is to end there, Vrindavan. No? Radha Dasyam or some form of Seva there. But in order to project ourselves in a realistic way in that direction, first we should feel, be filling the gaps on the way and not just jumping over certain basic chapters we don't like to recognize. <laughs> Today we were speaking about that with Maharaj in the car. In, in, in more in the context of how to say meme meme mem memes memes in English memes gene gens genetic stuff DNA whatever no? we have our particular memes now DNA idiosyncrasy psychology by being of a particular time history being born in a particular country society there are all sorts of uh, elements in our present identity. <coughs> and, our, and our ultimate identity means to be born in Vrindavan and to have a Brajabasi psychology. <laughs> Actually, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur said, before entering into Golok Vrindavan, you have to enter into Kokul Vrindavan. It means Vrindavan on earth. Some place, some Vrindavan, whenever Krishna may be performing his pastimes now in some planet earth. It is said that he's already doing, he's always doing that in some planet earth. So, in the same way as there will be always, the sun will be always at 12 p.m. at some point in the planet. <laughs> Krishna will be always in some planet earth, in some universe performing his pastime. So, before entering Golok, you have to enter that particular Vrindavan on Earth, 
and be, be born with some particular social environment in Vrindavan, <laughs> with Krishna being there, acquire some samskars and impressions, Rajabas impressions, and develop a whole identity and psychology that will perfectly fit with your eternal identity. But of course, in order to have such a birth, <laughs> first we have to solve our present birth, our present meme and genetic codes and DNA. And it may not it may take more than one lifetime. <laughs> but no problem. No? We are working on that so we gradually may no? replace, if you will, healthily replace our present sense of identity within our eternal identity. But that cannot be obtained from one stroke from morning to night. That would be psychosis. Try to forcibly become a gopa or a gopi now. <laughs> Forgetting all the, the elements present in your nowadays identity. That's maddening. You will, you will end in the madhouse. <laughs> so we have to be very careful about how to we are now on the stage of sadaka, means practitioner. So we are not any more conditioned soul, fully. <laughs> no? And we are not perfected soul. We are something in between. So we have a conditioned ident sense of identity, but we also have some sort of enlightened sense of identity of some degree. So we are with one foot on each side. <laughs> so we have to be very balanced and intelligent how to proceed and increase our spiritual identity without evading, being evasive of our present sense of identity. Escaping. Yeah, escaping from. So this is what Mahaprabhu wanted to say to us through Raghunadas Goswami. Okay, everything ends in Braj Seva. But before that, Trinada Pisunitsena Tarura Pisayishnun. And before that, so many other things. Also. Because we want to say, okay, Trinada Pisunitsena. No, 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 that's not even the immediate thing. First, are you gossiping? No, no, I'm not gossiping. I'm not gossiping. Okay. Are you hearing gossip? <laughs> That's different. <laughs> if you have a Facebook account, I am on some person's sure you are gossiping. You are hearing gossip. You are reading gossiping. Difficult to escape from that if you are in the social world order. Huh? Oh, what did he say? What did he say? What did he say? Maybe, maybe you are not necessarily criticizing someone. Maybe you are not necessarily offending a Vaishnav. But you are just attentive to the no? To the waves of the world. Oh, he put that, he said that, oh, he may say that. That's gossip. Speaking about others and not paying attention to your own case. So you may not speak in, but you may be hearing, you may be reading. So, first, that. <laughs> and after that, he said, do not be overly attached to your dressing. Do not be overly attached to your eating. Of course, what does it mean to not be overly attached to that? That depends on each particular case. 
you follow? As we said the other day. But hmm? okay. said not to have too many disciples. And someone asked, but you have many disciples? He said, that's a matter of personal capacity. You can have thousand disciples and this is not too much for you. You can have no disciples and it's too much for you. <laughs> it's too much for you to become yourself a disciple. <laughs> what to speak about having more. So, for someone hmm, to, 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 to be an in excess, to access oneself with clothes, maybe something, with others, maybe something else. Swami Maharaj has three colored t-shirts. Mm, I will start to suspect. <laughs> we are failing to this instruction. <laughs> Is it Sanyasi? He's expected to have certain type of clothing. <laughs> Just giving some example, of course. <laughs> but for others, if I say you have three three shirts, that's too much. The person says, no, that's too little. I need 14. There are people who have 40 pairs of shoes. No? One for each uh, chapter of the day, basically. And if you say you have 37, okay, I'll think about it, how to handle with that. So, you have to apply these ideas on specific terms and cases. So after you are properly balanced on a, on a human side, if you will, relative side, <coughs> there comes this third sloka of Sikshastri. I won't enter into detail. That sloka may take the whole Gaudiya Vaishnava Vedanta Darshan retreat, basically, and more. <laughs> but basically, that's in that sloka, third one, we find the depiction <coughs> of the ideal uh, attitude through which we can chant Harinam. Actually, Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami said, if you want to achieve love through chanting, your chanting should be done in the spirit of this verse. Chanting in the spirit of this verse conducts to Prem. So it's not only about chanting, but having a particular mood. So he gave a very nice analogy. He said, the holy name, the syllabus, syllabus of the holy name are like flowers. Flowers, flowers, beautiful flowers. And this verse is like the string through which you penetrate the flowers and you make a beautiful garland. And with that garland of prem, you, you can... In, in garland? the Lord, the, the whole world. So the string is what makes the flowers sustainable. If not, all the flowers will remain like... Well, when the string is there, oh, they look so beautiful, so sustainable. So for our chanting to be sustainable, <laughs> for our practice to be sustainable, chanting means sadhana practice, this spirit should be there. It's not like entering into every act and word ideally and given sustainability to our aspirations. So that will so after that we will have this beautiful garland and that's a very heavy garland. So we'll put we can even garland ourselves with Mahaprabhu will put the garland and that's a heavy garland so our head will go like and we will go our head will go to the ground. 
Heavy garlands or head goes to the ground, and from there we start to, you know, to, to perceive a new reality. Actually, this is what Brahma said at the end of Brahma Vimohan Lila. With his foreheads, he wanted to know so much, <laughs> and, and, and Krishna just overwhelmed him, and his foreheads were spinning. <laughs> and he realized, oh. No? He said, I reject totally this attempt of knowing everything through my four heads. He had much knowledge. He was the biggest scientist in the whole creation. And I said, I realized that by bowing my head to the ground, I received much more knowledge than by being with my head up and trying to know. By just doing this, oh, so much revelation is coming. <laughs> By being humble, that's the point. By offering pranam. <laughs> so, Mahaprabhu said that to Raghunathas Goswami after that. <laughs> and whenever, when you properly embrace that third sloka, yeah, you will enter Vrindavan. Because Vrindavan, as Sri says, is the land of gurus. So you cannot enter there without proper qualification. So if in Vrindavan everything is your everything, everyone and everything is your guru, you should walk there paying no, pranam to everything and everyone. In another words, you should walk there with that head, your head on the ground. And with your how do you say it? like Pata para arriba? Pata. Upside down? Upside down. Sir Sasana, you say in yoga? Sir Sasana? One day I was doing Sir Sasana and I, I, and I started to look everything. I say, oh, everything is turned upside down. Or maybe this is reality and, I, and everything is upside down. <laughs> and I started to think, well, actually in Vrindavan everyone is doing Sir Sasana. Everyone is walking no, with their heads on the ground. Paying pranam to everything. So that's the opposite of, of here. We step on the heads of others. <laughs> so in Vrindavan, we, we have to have our head being stepped on from the feet of their inhabitants. <clears throat> so we see no? so many instructions were there in, in these two verses Mahaprabhu said to Raghunadas. So, of course, Raghunadas properly embraced all that and he became who he became, Raghunathas Goswami, showing this, this highest degree of absorption in Radha, Dasyam, in Vrindavan, etc. But showing with his example all these previous instructions as well, humility, proper detachment and so on. So also I want to share these extra words so for you to get a, a, a bigger picture of, of this Panihati Lila and who was this Raghunathas Goswami, why Nityananda behaved like that. And, well, so many teachings we kind of extract from that and apply in our particular case. Srila Raghunathas Goswami Mahasaya Ki Zai, Nityananda Prabhu Ki Zai, Jita Dahi Mahotsav Ki Zai, Srila Gurudev Patita Bhavan Ki Zai, Sriman Mahaprabhu Ki Zai, Sri Hinam Sankirtan Ki Zai, Sri Pad Bhakti Rakhav Swami Maharaj Ki Zai, Gaur Bhakta Vinda Ki Zai, Gaur Jai 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 Jai